Welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Nate Andres. I'm Eddie Quinones. And everyone, welcome to this week's episode. Kevin will be joining us this week. So welcome, Kevin. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, of course. We're excited to get you on for the first time. I know this is your uh, football podcast debut. Is this your overall podcast debut? Have you ever been on a podcast before? It actually is. I never really thought about it like that, but first time on a podcast, whether it be fantasy football or just anything else. So, yeah. Yeah. Nick's wife, my, my sister-in-law, has never invited you to be on her podcast. <laughs> Sadly, no. No, I haven't been on her podcast either. I think out of bring it up. I think out of all the all the guys that I know of, uh, that Nick has been the only one on her podcast. So we'll see. We'll see. Nick, Nick, and I are gonna have a conversation about that. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For those of you guys that don't know or don't remember when we introduced Kevin into the league, he's a friend of Nick's. Now a friend of you know some of us that have talked to him on the side throughout the year. He coaches the varsity wrestling team at Hampton with Nick as well. So it's kind of, I think that's, is that how you guys met Kev? Yes. Okay. So yeah, just a little bit of background into Kev. Um, Let's get into our prior week recap, taking a look at the quarterfinals, the first round of the playoffs. Of course, there were just two matchups to look at, and there's going to be kind of a theme this episode. Obviously, when we kind of get down to the nitty gritty of the season, the playoff matchups where there's less teams to cover. Um, these episodes are going to be a little bit more structured and a little bit differently structured than the ones that we kind of carry out all year accordingly, right? Because there's a little bit less to talk about. So we're going to do a prior week recap a little bit differently this week. We're going to hit on both of the matchups, starting with Auto Rocket, the three seed versus God of the Super Saiyans, the six seed that was Nick versus Mike. It was a final score of 172.36 by Nick to Mike's 96.14. So Kev, we'll actually start with you. Um, sure. I basically kind of divided the breakdown of the matchup so that to try to avoid repetitiveness between the three of us into some broad categories. So give me what you thought was the team strength for Nick that propelled him to a win. So just looking over, I mean, overall, his team did pretty solid, but the two individuals that stuck out in my mind were her, his running backs, uh, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, only because they both uh, scored well over, not well over, but over what they were projected to score. And I just feel like those guys throughout the whole season have just kind of been question marks, you know, kind of roller coaster in terms of their performance. And so those are pretty much his biggest strengths and what I saw so far. Yeah, that's got to be encouraging if you're Nick, right? Like I called him the zero running back guy among all of our playoff right. teams on last week's episode. And and like you said, Miles Sanders and Antonio Gibson are kind of finding their way late in the season. I know Miles Sanders wasn't getting the volume early on, and now it seems mm-hmm. like the Eagles are ready to treat him as a true running back one. Of course, J.D. McKissick, we'll actually talk about this a little bit later in the episode. He got placed on the injured reserve, so he's done for the season. That's good for Antonio Gibson. Uh, but good call, Kev. For me, and you already touched on it with the very first thing you said about Nick's team, uh, being that his entire team performed well across the board, Mm -hmm. but I tried to go for kind of like an uncharacteristic, same idea as you with the running backs, but I picked his special teams units, his defense and his kicker, who combined for 23 points. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's kind of a hard way to frame the question, right? There wasn't necessarily one strength that that propelled Nick to the win, because this is a pretty wide margin, almost 80 points, right? Right. I was kind of looking at some source areas of points that you don't normally get and almost 25 across your kicker and defense is pretty damn good. So that was it for me. Special teams units. Eddie, did you have a different pick besides running backs and special teams for next team? I actually did. I had kind of two spots here that I really wanted to look at and the flex position in particular to Gabriel and then the tight end position with Dallas. Um, Obviously Dallas is top six tight end. Now he's had really good, back-to-back weeks uh, but before that he kind of went through a spell of like three to four weeks where he just wasn't doing that great so I think uh, kind of stepping up with that tight end position at the right time for him um, and I think it's going to continue because their schedule for the rest of the year is Giants, Washington, and Dallas so teams that are kind of a little bit easier to to play against obviously um, Giants and Washington kind of being the ones that come to mind but 
Yeah, I'm kind of wishing at this point, especially since, and again, I keep spoiling the news for later in the episode, but especially since I just lost TJ Hawkinson for the season, I now wishing yeah. I never traded away Dallas Goddard because he is peaking right now at the mm. perfect time for Nick, uh, yeah. who has him for this playoff run. Eddie, why don't you turn around and give me, kind of on the flip side, the team weakness that crippled Mike. I know his lineup really struggled, obviously, <laughs> yeah. and put up 100, but what was like the thing that stood out to you the most from his lineup? I think to me, it's really his his wide receivers. They they just literally didn't do anything at all. They had a total of maybe six points combined uh, between the two. Claypool had one point nine, and T Higgins had four point three. Um, there's a couple, obviously. There's there's a few other pieces in his lineup that you can kind of point at and just kind of say they let him down. But those are really the big two. I mean, to only get about six points out of your, your two wide receivers combined is a really big disappointment. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that Eddie, because I said the same thing. The wide receiver room was what killed him, but I took it a step further, not just chase Claypool and T Higgins, but if you add Odell Beckham jr, who was Mm -hmm. the third wide receiver that he started combined total output of those three wide receivers and Mike's lineup didn't even reach eight points for the week. So he got absolutely crushed by his wide receivers. That was definitely the pick for me. Have did you put, choose something different or anything to add? No, to that? I mean that's it's pretty straightforward. I mean his team just didn't show up. You know, pretty much. My my dad likes mm-hmm. to say he, they would shit the bed. Is what he used to say. The team just shit the bed, and kind of sucks when you're in the fantasy playoffs and don't hit 100 points. But no, I mean everyone just other than Zeke, no one really did anything. And you know it's pretty easy for Nick to win when the other team doesn't put up 100 points. But Nick's team, to his credit. They did put up the most points last week, and I'm sure he'll <laughs> notify everybody in the group chat like he does per usual. And, um, we'll let that uh, linger eventually. Yeah, Nick and I kind of ha- like to have a, a pissing contest, so to speak, in the group chat. I usually do it just to troll, and I know Nick's probably going to text me and be like, you say you just do it to troll, but I know that you like to do it too. I like to kind of pick at him like I did today with the, the whole Cooper Cup thing. Yeah, uh, I'm funny. the same way. I like to get under people's skin a little bit, and yeah. Nick's, Nick's, uh, he's an easy target. He is an sure easy is. target. He I've sure always is. been the instigate. So, again, those of you that don't know, uh, I have three brothers, so Nick and two others. Nick, obviously the same three brothers. I was always known of the four of us to be the instigator growing up, so Nick was always the easy target because he's my only older brother. I'm the second, and I was the annoying little brother to him, so... Been doing it for 23 years now. Going to do it for the next 50. Yeah. Um, Eddie, why don't you lead us off with this next question? Give me a player from Nick's team that had a down week uh, that you expect to bounce back from this coming week. I think this one was kind of a clear-cut pick, and I'd be surprised if you guys didn't pick the same person. Uh, but I think it's Deontay Johnson. He yeah. had a 9.8 week. Um, before that, he hadn't gotten under, I think, 11 points to the entire year. Um, and even when he's not scoring 11 points, it's very rare for him to get anything under 15 points. I mean, he's been absolutely killing it this year. He's had like three, four, five weeks that he's pretty, pretty strong. Um, and Deontay Johnson just didn't really do so well. Uh, but again, I expect that to fully bounce back and, and kind of come back next week and, and pick it up to his usual performance. Kevin, who'd you pick? I had the same thing. I mean, I thought that was a pretty clear cut answer. Um, I feel like he's had a, a very under the radar fantasy season. I don't know if that's just me, but um, I agree. But yeah, he's he's done pretty well. Big game. And the Steelers, I'm a huge Steelers fan from Pittsburgh for people who don't know, but big game coming up too. I always think that's like a consideration, like who's playing, you know, mm-hmm. there's playoff implications, things like that. You know, Kansas City, their passing defense is 28th in the league, receiving is 24th in the league. So like, you know, they're going to be a pretty weak defense. So you expect them to do well next week or this week, I should say. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a big game for the Steelers, and Deontay has been Ben's guy, at least in terms of volume all season. Yeah. Him and Muth right. have really stepped up since Juju went down with that season-ending shoulder injury. I uh, I took a look at Deontay Johnson and figured that at least one of you guys would pick him, and, and it is a good call. So I tried to go a different route. I even thought about picking Justin Jefferson since he didn't even reach 15 when he was previously a top-two wide receiver on the year. But I still went a different route than wide receivers altogether. I actually picked Taysom Hill, who uh, Jake called last week as a fill-in guest host for Eddie, the best quarterback, or I'm sorry, the worst quarterback in real life who's a stud in fantasy when he is starting. And I am fully on board with that. I uh, 
when Aaron Rodgers came onto my team and he was on a bye, I tried to put in a claim to get Taysom Hill as a one-week fill-in. I was bummed then to see that Nick actually got the claim for Taysom Hill. Even more bummed when I realized, shoot, he traded away his second quarterback, so Taysom Hill is going to be next QB2 for the playoffs as long as he holds the job. And uh, he's kind of scary. Like Taysom Hill, again, not a great real-life quarterback, but for fantasy... <clears throat> As long as he doesn't have an awful game, and even sometimes when he does, I think it was just a week or two ago that he threw yeah, four he interceptions. Like four picks. <laughs> he saw like, 20 points. against me. Yeah. <laughs> Still had over 20 points in fantasy. So yeah. I don't think that he's going to have another single-digit performance this week like he did this past week. I expect him to pretty easily get to the 20-point mark, so that was my pick. And then on the flip side, player from Nick's team that popped this past week that you expect to come back down to earth, for me, that's Gabriel Davis. Um, I know that Emmanuel Sanders is in danger of not playing this week again, at least from what I've heard through the grapevine. I actually haven't looked up any information on Emmanuel Sanders. But Gabriel Davis, man, he scored almost 26 points. Two of those, or sorry, a lot of those points came by two touchdowns, and I just don't expect the same repeat performance for that. Maybe he's able to get to, you know, let's say 15 to 17 points, and Nick would still be very happy with that. But uh, I would be surprised and I'd be very disappointed as the person playing him if Gabriel Davis put up around 25 again. Um, Kev, I'll pass it to you. Who'd you pick for this? I mean, yeah, I had him as well. <laughs> I frankly, I've never even heard of this dude until today and looked him up on Nick's team. Uh, but averaging two targets per game, gets two touchdowns last week. Like, yeah, you can't expect that to continue next week. It's kind of, it's, you know. Yeah, Eddie, you're the Ma- Eddie, you're the Madden guy. Didn't Gabriel Davis previously play for the Falcons? I believe so. That sounds familiar mistaken. to me. But who did you pick for for this, Honestly, uh, this headline? This week's was pretty clear cut. There weren't really a whole lot of guys that I looked at and were like, "Oh, they they performed high." Like his kicker, his kicker normally gets it's like it's an average for him to get around like ten points a week or so. Um, mm. His defense is averaging seven a game, but over the past like four, three weeks, they've scored 25, 10, 10, 17. So, I mean, that's really the only spot that I look at in his lineup that's actually performing way above their expectations. Obviously, you have Dallas Goddard, um, who I think had like nine or 10 points above his average. Um, Mm -hmm. But Gabriel Davis is really the one that sticks out to me. Yeah, so that's your recap on the matchup between Nick and Mike. Congrats to Nick for advancing to the semifinals. Uh, He will be playing me this week, but I don't want to spoil too much because we're going to go over the matchups here shortly. Get to the other matchup. Kevin, that was you, Randy Marsh, the four seed, versus Scooby and the gang, the five seed. That's JC. Final score was 156.48. That was from Kevin to JC's 113.52. First off, I just want to say... Last year we had Scott, who was it was his first year in the league, and I know he finished as the one seed um, in terms of the regular season last year, but did only make it to the semifinals, ended up playing in the third and fourth place game. So at a minimum, Kevin now, as again, as a first-year manager, we have in back-to-back years a first-year manager in the league making the semifinals and thereby finishing in the top four at minimum because they would go to that third and fourth place game even if they do lose the semifinals. So a little bit of a repeat Cinderella story from last year. It was Scott in 2020. This year it's Kevin. But let's talk about the matchup between him and JC. Kev, we'll let you kick it off for your own matchup. What was the strength, you think, that propelled you to a win? I said luck. I mean, my team didn't do that great. I had three guys that played great and pretty much picked pick up the slack for everybody else. It was Tyreek and Allen Russell Gage, but other than that, everyone pretty much underperformed. So, and JC's team didn't, you know, they didn't play fantastic. So I kind of got lucky there. We're like one out of 10 players of his position players did super well and outperformed the projections, which was Kelsey. But outside of that, I mean, pretty much, you know, it's kind of straightforward. JC didn't do himself any favors by leaving an inactive Tyler Lockett in his lineup, but I did go through and do the math. And even if he made the best play, not just from his bench, but from all available flex players, he still wouldn't have been able to make up the difference between, you know, his score and yours. So part of it was luck. Part of it was, I think your team was just destined to win this week, even with him, including an inactive player in his lineup. Uh, I'll echo what you said. You mentioned Keenan Allen, Russell Gage, 
and Tyreek Hill. I just went with your wide receiver room overall, including Hollywood Brown in there. They combined for exactly 90 points, uh, which is pretty crazy. That's that's what you're looking for in the playoffs is for your yeah. wide receivers to put up that many points. Eddie, did you have a pick other than the wide receivers for team strength? I mean, these players are his wide receivers, but I just really said his flex position uh, combined. They scored 55.9 just out of the flex, um, which is like you just said, it's exactly what you want. You want your flex positions really to play the best that they possibly can because usually coming into playoffs, those can be your weakest positions throughout your entire team if you have a solid team. So for them to perform that well and pick up the slack for everybody else, it's definitely the strength. Yeah, be honest with, with us. Were you uh, pretty nervous after Kelsey dropped the 40-burger? Not. I mean, it was pretty even because kind of like almost balanced out because Tyreek put up a lot, and he put yeah. 32.8. Keenan Allen put up 19.8. And so I was like – and Edwards Hilaire put up nine, which I wasn't happy with. But mm-hmm. thankfully, you know, Tyreek had a fantastic game as well, so I almost like kind of balanced it out. Sure. Um, I was still relatively nervous. I mean, he still has like nausea, you know, nausea – Cordell Patterson, Mike Evans, all three of those guys, and Tyler Lockett, even though he didn't play, but like those three dudes that I first mentioned, they can all go off. And I was just like, all right, we'll, we'll see where this goes. So it's kind of out of my hands at this point. Sure. Uh, Eddie, why don't you give us what your, what your thought was on team weakness that crippled JC in this matchup? Literally everything but his tight end. Uh, li- like no one really performed very well on his team. And that's not really a diss at all. It's just kind of, Looking at his entire yeah. team, his running backs scored a combined 8.9 points. Uh, his wide receivers barely scratched, what, 10 points, uh, just got over 10 points. And then, again, leaving Tyler Lockett in, who was inactive with zero points, doesn't help at all. But, yeah, uh, the only shining light he had in his team was Travis Kelsey um, with obviously that 41 points. Outside of that, nobody else really did that well. Yeah, I'll echo what you said, and again, take it a step further. You mentioned his running back room, and you, I think you're referring to Najee Harris and Cordero mm-hmm. Patterson. Yeah. Take it a step further, and even if you include Miles Gaskin, who he yeah. started, his whole running back room, three of them combined for less than 15 points in his starting lineup. So that was what I picked that crushed him this week. Do you have anything to add? I just said injuries. I mean, he had Waller out. Mike Evans got hurt in the middle of the game. Lockett was out. I think Gaskin had some trouble too with injuries, so might have affected his performance. Um, that's kind of what I saw. I was trying to look for something different, you know. Yeah. Sure. Speaking of different, I tried to go with an unorthodox pick for this next one. Player from Kevin's team that had a down week and that you expect to bounce back from. I went with the greatest of all time, Justin Tucker, who is the number two <laughs> kicker on the season. He scored, I think, six points this past week. And uh, Jay Tuck, I think he's good for, like, I, I feel like you can comfortably bet on, you know, anywhere from like 11 to 13 points out of him. Mm-hmm. Any other kicker, I'd say no way. Like, you don't know what you're getting on a weekly basis. But Justin Tucker's the GOAT. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I think it's uh, reasonable to expect double digits from him as your kicker. So I think he's going to have a bounce back this week. Eddie, what do you got for uh, Kevin's player who had a down week that you would expect to bounce back from this week? I'm going to say Carson Wentz. Uh, he didn't do very, very well at all. He had 57 passing yards. Uh, he had a touchdown, I believe, an interception. He just didn't really do too well. Um, yeah, just wasn't very good for him. I do expect him to come back. I mean, if you look at the history throughout this this year, if you kind of look at how he's performed throughout the year and uh, how he's played off of a bad game, I mean, he had week three, seven points, came back and scored 18. Uh, he had two back-to-back weeks that weren't too great. It was week 10 and week 11 versus Jacksonville and Buffalo. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he's been performing decently well. So I don't really expect him to, to get anything under 10, 11 points this week. I do expect him to kind of hit his average. No love for your boy Saquon. I just don't know how I feel about that Giants offense. That entire offense is a pain. So I Especially mean, now that uh, Danny Dimes is out for the yeah, year, right? He's done for the year. So, I mean, it could help Saquon. He might get some more touches just because Glennon sucks as well, too. But who knows? He's, I'm pretty sure he's questionable anyways because there was some stuff going on with his uh, ankle. But Who's their third-string quarterback? Jake it, Fromm. Jake Fromm. I knew he was a big-time yeah. college, like previously big-time college yeah, quarterback. Yeah. 
I'm uh, actually, I'd rather the Giants put him in. Just throw him yeah, in. Yeah, might as well see what you got. Mike Lennon's like 53 years old. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Kev, who do you got for player on your team that had a down week that you're expecting so, to bounce back from? I had uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Mm-hmm. Only putting up nine points last week. And just looking at the matchup, matchup with the Steelers, I mean, our rushing defense is horrible. It's 31st in the league. So we'll see. And plus, if Tyreek's out, he might get more touches. And I just think that he underperformed last week. And we'll see. But just based off on Steelers' defense, I think Edward Tolera will have a pretty big week, which I hope he doesn't. But if he does, then it's going to be kind of bittersweet for me. You can hope that he does have a good week. It's okay to hope. You got to yeah. take it. No, I, always take I feel like once you get the fantasy, fantasy playoffs, it's acceptable to uh, hope that an opposing team player has a good game against your own team. We ride or die with the Steelers, sadly. Clyde's <laughs> been having before this past week. He he had a string of some pretty good games at, coming off yeah, of injury. He scored he fifteen, yeah. yeah, fifteen, then eleven, then nineteen in his last three games before this week. So hopefully, you can get back on track for your sake. Um, Let's look at the other side. Player from Kev's team that popped that you would expect to come back down to earth this week. I couldn't necessarily like it was hard for me to make this pick because yeah, even the guy that I, even the guy that I chose like I don't necessarily expect him to come crashing down. I I like his role in the offense right now. It's Russell Gage. The Gage, mm-hmm. I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, he had a great game this past week, and it was it was by volume, which I do expect the volume to continue. I'm just not necessarily sure to that extent where he's he's dropping almost 25 points. So yeah. right. kind of the same situation as Gabriel Davis, although I do like Russell Gage more where, you know, in, in the Bills case, if Emmanuel Sanders doesn't play again, like I would expect Gabriel Davis to maybe be a pretty good bet for like 15 points again this week. I expect Russell Gage to be a pretty safe bet for 15 points, at least just by way of volume. But again, he put up almost 25. So I am expecting him to come back down to earth a little bit. Kev, I think you echoed that. Is that your pick? Well, yeah. I mean, I said Tyreek by default because he might not play, but like, and he put up 32.8. That's a lot. You know, you can't expect that every single week with him. But I mean, Russell Gage, just speak of him. Like, I was doing some numbers just because I wanted to see where he stood because he kind of like made a late push in terms of fantasy because he didn't do too hot in the beginning of the season. I picked him up on waivers. Past five weeks, he's been averaging 16.7 points and getting almost nine targets per game. So, that's where I think stud. his volume is yeah. going to be. Yeah, it's going to continue and hopefully carry over. I do, and obviously having Calvin Ridley out, I think that helps him out tremendously because mm-hmm. he kind of has a little bit more room to get the ball. So we'll see kind of what happens next year. I I don't know if they they'll keep him there or if he'll go somewhere else. It's kind of where he's going to get a little bit more volume because coming into next year, Falcons are going to have obviously Pitts healthy, Calvin Ridley hopefully healthy, healthy. So well, we'll see. That was your pick as well, Russell yeah. Gage. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So that brings us to our official semifinals matchups. You got on Kevin's side of the bracket, the one seed Scott, the Thundercats, who has overall a 21 and seven record, which same as how he ended the regular season since he had a bye last week versus the four seed Kevin, Randy Marsh, who overall has a 17 and 12 record now coming off of that round one win. And then on the other side of the bracket, you have my team, Otis and the Bell Cows who has an ele- sorry 17 and 11 record again by last week so no change from the end of the regular season versus Nick Auto Rocket who is now 18 and 11 overall coming off of the round one win and fun fact for you guys in last year's playoffs Scott was also the number 1 seed playing the number 4 seed in the semifinals while me and Nick were playing as the number 2 and number 3 seeds on the other side of the bracket same as this year Funny enough, though, Nick was the two seed last year while I was the three seed. Um, this year, obviously, that is flipped. And as you know, the results from last year, a seeding upset was pulled off in both semifinals matchups with me and Damon advancing to the title round. And as you guys have heard a few times on the podcast this year, Damon ultimately taking home the title. So fun fact, rematch on one side of the bracket this year, partial rematch on the other side with Scott being the one seed playing a four seed. We'll see how it plays out this year. See if uh, we get a double upset again. You said Scott was the, it was his first time in the league last year too. Yep, yeah. and he was the one seed. He That's pretty killed, interesting. Yeah, he killed it last year. He's he's been a regular season he's, demon since he started yeah. playing with us. Um, 
Well, let's talk about these these semifinals matchups. Looking ahead at week 16, first question I have for you is, of these two, which matchup do you guys expect to be closer? Kev, I'll let you lead us off. I mean, obviously you and your brother, you know, yeah. my team. Scott's team's insane, not to, you know, suck his dick too hard, but his team's very Less good. insane <laughs> now, though. Less insane yeah. now. I think Got you're it. just trying to play a little reverse psychology and make sure you don't throw <laughs> any bad luck towards your team, but... Not at all. Just calling out how I see it. You know, we had Damon on this podcast last year. He did the same right thing. Right before the championship <laughs> round when him and I played each other. And he was trying to to butter up my team the whole yeah. time. And it ended yeah. up working for him because I lost. By li- I literally lost by like two points, Kevin. It's funny so, that you say that. So like my friend group, so I'm in another fantasy league and we have a, his nickname is called Poodles. And every time something like he thinks he's in a bad situation, he'll start talking about it very similar to how I'm doing currently. Yeah. And then it'll go the opposite. And then we always call it a poodle. Like, yo, you're poodling it. You're poodling it. So I'm, I'm poodling. <laughs> you're this trying to poodle this matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Eddie, do you agree? Or do you think Scott and Kevin might surprisingly be a little bit closer this week? I think it'll be, it'll be surprising, but I can, I can just kind of see yours and, and Nick's matchup just to naturally be a little bit closer. Um, just kind of with the similarities of your teams and kind of how they're built. Obviously, there's some injury stuff going on, but I just expect this one to be a little bit of a closer matchup. And by closer, I mean probably like a five or six point difference from what the other matchup's going to be, to be honest. I think they're both going to be really good. So, I'll caveat my answer by saying if Tyree Kill plays, I'll say that Scott and Kevin's matchup will be closer because Tyree Kill can drop 40. Yeah, I think last year... Uh, Eddie, you ended up having Tyree Kill on your team, and he had like mm-hmm. a historical game last year where he dropped over fifty. Is that right? Yeah, and then fucking late in the Derrick, season, Derrick Henry on the other side, who I was playing against, also had like a fifty bomb that week. Yeah, but yeah, he did. Tyreek yeah. had like two hundred yards in the first half. Or in something. the first and half, three tu- and three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting him to score hundred fantasy points that day. I was like, I'm ready to see him pop. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll say if Tyreek Kill plays, and given that we're gonna talk about it in a little bit more detail later but chris godwin's out for the year joe mixon in danger of not playing with that ankle sprain i'll say if everything turns in kevin's favor that that will be the closer matchup of the two but obviously that's an if so brings me to my second question which matchup do you guys think is more likely to see an upset i'll lead us off and i say i think definitely my matchup i actually think that nick is going to win my matchup i i don't know why i just I, I am poodling it, but I I told Nick actually this weekend, I think you're gonna kick my ass in BPW next week. Uh, so I don't I don't know. I just get this feeling, intuition, but I think it's definitely me and Nick's matchup. How about you, Eddie? Yeah, I think it's kind of the easier one to pick. One, you guys are a little bit more closely seated, and your teams have done a little bit better. So I mean, kind of when you look at those teams and how they've performed in the past, it's a little easier to say, yeah, I think you two are gonna be. I can see kind of Nick getting the upset here just because his team is obviously has been doing very well lately so kevin give yourself the benefit of the doubt don't don't poodle it what do you think you think you could uh you think it's more likely for you to pull off the upset than nick well like more likely like in terms of odds no i would say it's definitely gonna be you and your brother but you know i'm hoping i pull off the upset you know i'm not saying i'm gonna oh i'm gonna lose but in terms of more likely definitely your matchup i would have to bet i guess Sure. That's a that's a that's an honest answer which I can respect. Let's do an extension of last week's main segment. We did playoff superlatives. This time we're going to do the semifinals edition, so playoff superlatives part 2. We're going to start with X factor player in the matchup between Scott and Kevin. And I'm going to lead us off. I think I might steal your guys' pick. I feel like it might be obvious, but it's Tyree Kill. So for me, whether Tyreek Hill clears COVID protocols in time to play against the Steelers this week will totally decide this matchup. I think Scott has a chance to win, even if he does play. But unfortunately for you, Kevin, I don't really see you having much of a chance to win on paper, even with the injuries that Scott is dealing with right now, to kind of overcome being without your best player, right? That being said, uh, anything can happen, as we saw this past week, where... Uh, Nick sent me this little tidbit that Travis Kelsey alone outscored the combined production of Tom Brady, Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Deontay Johnson, 
Amari Cooper and Rob Gronkowski, all those guys combined. That is a full standard league lineup minus defense and kicker. Travis Kelsey scored more than all of them combined by 2.1 points. So there is hope, uh, but that was obviously a pretty crazy situation. Um, I'll toss it over to you, Kevin. Who do you think the X-Factor player in your matchup is? Uh, I said Joe Mixon. I think that he's on the downside the past three games. He's got a lingering injury. They play Baltimore. Um, I was trying to switch it up with my answer, too. I didn't want to say Tyreek because I figured that you would say that, too. Somebody would. But he's just been dealing with that ankle injury. And, you know, division game, Baltimore's never to tough out. Last time they played, he had 11.9 points with 59 rushing yards and a touchdown. So we'll see. I think that's a bit – he's a big factor in my eyes, too. Yeah, and this is a game for, like, I think the the lead in the AFC North because right now, like, if the season ended right. today, the Ravens would not be in the playoffs, which I don't know if that surprised anybody else, but when I saw that graphic, I was shocked. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The whole Another AFC North. I, Sorry, and it's crazy. I would, say, I would say missing Lamar, but like, oh, it's a big hit on them. No, Tyler Huntley has literally done better than Lamar both of the times he's come in. So it's just kind of weird. That team is just – Question I just thought marks. of that video from from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy that you sent me. That was so funny, man. That was hilarious. For any of our Marvel fans out there, the scene where Thor and Star-Lord are arguing about who's in charge when they're on uh, Chris Pratt's ship, and Thor's like, sure you are. You're in charge, sure. It was, uh, it was a meme of Tyler Huntley saying that to Lamar Jackson after having a great game, and it was pretty yeah, funny. That's that pretty funny. Kev, you had something to add, Yeah, I was just going to add, I think one thing, I was just looking at my team, and I was thinking towards, like, kind of outside of the box. My team's, like, it's relatively average. I'll be the first to say that. But they've performed average throughout the year, which is good, because, like, I have 16 wins. Eight of them have come from my head-to-head matchups, which means the other eight are from outperforming everybody else in the league. So I was saying my quarterbacks just need to show up and outperform the projections. If everyone... What I'm saying is if everyone performs how they're supposed to perform at their average pace and I have my quarterbacks, which is clearly my weakest point, outperform whether it's projected to perform, I can see myself pulling away a victory. Yeah, I totally agree with that because I've always, the entire season, seen your team strength and not just mm-hmm. like team strength, like it being among the very best in the league, being your running back one all the way through flex two. Like you are a top right. – Two, if at the very least a top three team, if we are just grading this, you know, running back one through flex two portion of the roster. So it's always been about the quarterbacks. Totally agree yep. that if they show up and have a boom week, then mm-hmm. you are very much in it with Scott. So I yeah, agree so that was that. like my second X factor, if you will. Sure, Eddie, who is your X factor in this matchup? I think for me, it's uh, even though he's been having a couple down weeks after coming back from injury, Kyler Murray. He's kind of looked like a human being like a normal quarterback over the past two weeks. Um, and I think he's going to need to be able to sustainably perform it and put up a pretty good game um, to kind of keep Scott in it. Obviously, he's got some other pieces that will be able to kind of hold up that that end of the deal uh, for him. But, again, Kevin's got some, some big hitters on his side, and he's got some guys that can pop um, and that have popped this year. So I think for, for Scott to feel a little better about his odds, Kyler Murray's going to have to perform. Um, and then also for my own personal liking, I'm in the playoffs in another league and I need Kyler Murray to perform. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's a good pick. Um, let's go on the flip side. The other matchup between me and Nick, who is your X factor player in that matchup, Eddie? I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. Um, probably a little bit of a different pick than probably expected, but again, he's been a player that he's actually has been doing really well. Um, Ever since kind of that bye week, he had a 21-point game, a 23 and a 22. He had four points a week before that. He actually had a pretty decent game last week. Um, but, again, I think him doing so well and performing so well has kind of been a staple into why Nick is doing so well. I think Antonio Gibson has been doing very well at the right time, kind of how you mentioned with a few other players. And I think for Nick to kind of keep pushing and keep kind of doing well, he's going to need Antonio Gibson to kind of keep up that level of play. Kevin, how about you? Who's your X Factor player in Nick and I's yeah. matchup? I just said his running Nick's running backs. I said Sanders and Gibson just because, you know, that's 
two guys, kind of like I said earlier, roller coaster seasons. Sanders, you kind of alluded to this earlier. Uh, Nate has been getting a lot more action recently, a lot more touches. And so just if that continues, I think that's what we'll, he'll see in terms of success. Sure. I went a different route with this one. I picked Josh Allen. And not so much because I think that the fate of the matchup rests with one player, like I believe it does with Kevin and Scott's matchup. But I think it has more to do with how leveraged Nick's lineup is through the Bills offense. So this past week, Nick started Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Gabriel Davis, who combined to score over a third of Nick's total team points. So my thought is if Josh Allen and the Bills offense flop versus a, you know, a tougher New England defense, which I'm not necessarily saying is likely, but if it happens, that could spell some trouble for Nick. So that's why I picked Josh Allen as my X factor. His struggles could spell, you know, struggles for players in Nick's lineup elsewhere. So biggest bust of round two. Uh, Eddie, I'm kind of stealing your thoughts here from the X factor player in Scott and Kevin. Their matchup, it's Kyler Murray for me. Uh, he's been trending downward after coming back strong off of injury. And he put up 31 points against the Bears in Week 13. But since then, he has put up exactly 30 points across two games, one of which came against the Detroit Lions this past week, which was his worst fantasy performance in a full game this season. So this week, he gets a much tougher defense in Indianapolis and will, of course, get no relief in receiving weapons since DeAndre Hopkins was ruled out for the regular season, as we all know. Uh, Eddie, I'll toss it to you. Who is your biggest, or who do you think is going to be the biggest bust of round two? Uh, I actually think it's uh, it's a guy you have on your side, but I think it's Nick Chubb. Um, he hasn't really been doing super hot over the past four weeks. I mean, he's had two games um, where he literally – Scored 5.9 and then 9.5. Last week he had a touchdown. You know, he had 91 yards, so he actually did pretty well at 16.3. But Green Bay's defense is pretty solid, um, and it's going to be tough for him, I think, to, to actually be able to kind of sustainably run the ball. That offense just isn't doing too great. So Nick Chubb, I think, is who I expect to, to be a bust. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was actually talking to somebody at work today saying I have a really bad feeling that Nick, Nick Chubb is going to be a bust this week. Yeah. Um, and it makes it tougher, too, when you have quality options on the bench mm -hmm. to play because it's almost like a blessing and a curse, right? You're covered in case of injury, but when you're not confident about who to start, it can be a curse because I'm trying to decide between Nick Chubb, Christian Kirk, Amari Cooper. I don't have to decide between Michael Carter now since he's on the COVID list, but mm -hmm. it's like any one of those guys could have a good game or any one of those guys could bust for the week. So I feel yeah. like on paper, Nick Chubb is the quote-unquote right play, but I have kind of the same feeling as you, Eddie. Like, I'm not feeling confident about Nick Chubb this week for yeah. some reason. Uh, Kevin, who did you pick for biggest bust of round two? This might come as, like, a little bit of a surprise. I tried to do something different, but I said Diva Samuel only because they transitioned him into a running back, and I have him in a different league, and that's kind of why I went this route with his production in terms of fantasy numbers have been decent because he's been getting touchdowns from rushing. But in terms of receiving, like he's had one reception or four receptions a game max. And same thing with his, you know, his rushes. He's not, he hasn't gotten more than eight rushes or something like that in the past, like six games. So I think teams might pick up on that and figure out how to defend it a little bit better. But if he doesn't get a touchdown, you know, he's not going to be putting up many fantasy points. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a different route. It'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see how that plays out because I haven't been – like I know Debo's still been playing well. I just haven't really paid attention to kind of his workload split between running back and wide receiver. I think it's very similar to kind of like a, the Cordell Patterson effect earlier mm -hmm. this season where he was kind of doing everything and everywhere. Um, and he's still doing really well. Um, I think they're just using Debo in a very similar way. I, I, I'm actually on the other end. I really don't expect his – production to really go down obviously he's been a little touchdown dependent over the past six weeks he's had a touchdown every single week um but i i still think they'll get him involved if they're starting to stifle him in the run i think they'll just put him out wide and throw him the ball or something so but yeah yeah i mean he could still kind of see a, a lot more running back work than you would be accustomed to for Debo Samuel because Elijah Mitchell just got ruled out again this week. Mm -hmm. And I know that's who they've leaned on as their primary workhorse running back all season until he got hurt. So it'll be interesting we'll see. to I, see. 
I mean, I hope they pass the ball. I got Jimmy G throwing the ball. So, I mean, true. There. Yeah. You got it. You got, you have options though, man. You have, I mean, he's, he hasn't been good, but Ryan Tannehill is now on the waiver wire. I think Ben Roethlisberger's out there. So I saw, not necessarily yeah, I looking... locked in to Jimmy G if you don't want him. I know I've been doing some contemplating. We'll, we'll <laughs> see if I pull any triggers. Yeah. So next one is give me one. This is, we, we did this last week. Figured we'd bring it back for the semifinals round. Give me one headline that you were predicting for the semifinals. I'll lead us off because it's very simple. It's the same exact headline that I uh, picked last week. Nate's team flounders and takes a round two exit to Nick. So I'm sticking to my guns here after Nick's strong round one performance. Kev, what is your semifinals headline? Well, I'm kind of improv in this one since I think it's fitting, but I think uh, signing Poodles' ways to the final would be a good one. I would love that. Not not necessarily because I don't want Scott to win, but that would just be funny with the yeah. story of the podcast episode. Eddie, what's your headline that you're predicting for this week? I think my headline I'm predicting is uh, COVID dismantles rosters and we see upsets on both ends of the spectrum. So that's kind of my guess. It's been very fitting, unfortunately, with last week with how they handled it. And I don't know if I see any relief in terms of COVID in the NFL or in the NBA as well, too. So I think that's where we're going to go with that. Kev, I just got a live update from Nick. He uh, wanted me to tell you that they missed you at practice today. Hey, I always miss me. (laughs) Um, Okay, so for our last superlative... Uh, thought we'd have a little bit of fun with this. I know we're we're only down to four choices at this point, but still a little bit fun. Give me your early call for our 2021 league champion. Eddie, you're the only one on the podcast currently out of it, so I'll let you lead us off. Who you picking of the four remaining to be our league champion this year? I'm gonna take that as nice as possible and make sure that my feelings. Well, I'm, I'm trying here. to say like I'm trying to say <laughs> we're gonna ask the only I'm guy that playing. doesn't have any skin skin in the any game stake. right now. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna go with Kev. Uh, first year guy coming in. I think Let's he's going to pull off some upsets here and, and finish off and, and cap, capitalize with a W. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Kev. And I think my man. I think Eddie was riding with Damon last year too, so that could be a good sign for you, Kevin, because Damon ended up winning last year. I, Damon you have to knocked check me, me out, that. so I was like, I just went full Damon. I was like, if he's going to knock me out of the playoffs, he better win the whole thing, and he did. And he did. So. He did. So you, I took some the opposite last- of the- What's the opposite of a kiss of death? Kiss of luck? I don't know. Eddie just gave you a kiss of luck. You took some yeah. heat. Go ahead, Kev. I would say it's last week. You, I was your most surprised manager to make the league, so I'm taking some heat from you, but Eddie, Eddie's my guy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I always bring honesty, man. I know. I'm just messing with you. All right, Kev, who's your pick for early call for the league champion? I mean, like, is this... Like, am I betting on this or like, come yeah. on. like yeah. I'm not going to say if I was to bet, I would, if you were to bet, so would, not, not like bet on Scott. Give... I mean, okay. He's got the best lineup in my eyes. I think his team's got the mo- the smallest in terms of, I think DK Metcalf as his worst player. Like that's says volumes to his team right now in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, if we're going based on last week's episode, I, Jake and I both agreed easily that Scott was the betting favorite to win. Maybe I'm going too much in the opposite direction, but I, I think after losing Godwin and now Mixon, not just getting hurt this past week, but you mentioned he's been kind of on the downswing. I think that for me, that alters it. Like Scott was a step above me and Nick, but not, you know, an entire staircase above us. Like I, I think that we are now all on the, on the same level in terms of, I don't. I don't want to leave you out of it, Kev. I don't want to. Bring say, any he said I don't the want to, three of us yeah, are I don't, here. I don't, I don't, I don't want to disrespect you. I'm just saying on paper. No, I, I get I it. I think there I'm, are now I'm... three teams that are kind of in the upper echelon of. I could see that team winning a championship very feasibly. No um, offense taken over here. I, I I even said that. I said I'll be the first yeah. to say my team's relatively average. Sure. And so. So. Um, but I, yeah, the way I see, it, I mean, I just feel like the way I'm looking at his lineup, I guess, is. I just see such a higher ceiling for his team. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and it starts with the quarterbacks, right? Kyler Murray right. and Justin right. Herbert, if they are on their A game, are unquestionably the best quarterback duo in the league. So I I totally agree with the ceiling point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point, I'm ready to say that it is mostly anybody's game in the playoffs. And 
that brings me to my pick being Auto Rocket. Um, and to a greater degree of confidence, I'll say, and to bro- I guess to broaden my answer, I think the winner of Nick and I's matchup is going to end up being the league champion. So I said it earlier, I think Nick is going to beat me this week. So my pick for the you know way too early league champion is him. But from a bigger picture standpoint, I think the path to a title is now a little bit clearer for whoever wins the matchup between me and him. Kevin, your quarterback's uh, have continued to struggle, and relative to the other three teams still alive, you kind of needed a monster performance from Tyree Kill to not not to beat JC, but to have your score hang with the amount of points that me, Scott, and Nick scored last week. Uh, so as for Scott, we've already touched on it, but he's starting to get hit with permanent injur- injuries after losing yeah. Chris Godwin for the season, dealing with other injuries. We've talked about Joe or Joe Mixon, but he's still dealing with DeAndre Swift's injury. So the I'm changing my pile pick. up for Scott. I'm choosing you, Nate. We haven't talked about your team enough, so I'm I'm switching. I'm going team. <laughs> the 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 bell cows, not the cowbells. The bell yeah, cows. Thank you, Kevin. Cowbells. Thank you. Bell cows. Cowbell. Otis and the bell cows. Thank you. I'm choosing you, Nate. You're gonna slam Nick, and I'm gonna make fun of him at practice, and uh, we're gonna see Nate, in the finals. Nate would Dude. love to do that. See, he's gonna. He's trying to poodle. He's poodling it hard. Oh, I'm not poodling it, but you'll understand once I beat Nick this week that it's an annual tradition for Nate to be in the championship. So I don't. I don't need my glory. Like I don't need my team to be talked about when when I'm having my moment because I have the moment so often. Now I for sure definitely wow. lose <laughs> by at least eighty points. <laughs> <laughs> so. I like to very call humble, it confidence. Very humble I like you. to call it confidence, not cockiness. So wait, I try not. I try not to bring it out. I try not to bring it out. I try not to bring out the 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 confidence, cockiness, borderline, whatever you want to call it, too no, often that to. it's overbearing. But I do bring it out. I do bring it out. I like to have fun with it. How long has this league been going on for? This is our fourth year. Okay, and how many times have you won, Nate? I've won one out of three, but I've been in the finals all three years before this. I got gotcha. you. So top two finish for the first three years. Only in the first year did I win, unfortunately yeah. for me. Uh, but we've talked about this a lot. Like as the league man or as the league commissioner, and Eddie too, like as a co-commissioner. Like I think big picture, it's good for multiple people to win. Like it wouldn't be fun if the same person won every year. Like yeah, I'm in the championship, but it gives some it gives people something to root against. Like I've only won one out of three times. So even though I keep getting there, like I'm happy in retrospect that other people have been able to win. Cause like if I won all three years, like that'd be a lame league in my opinion. Uh, let's move on to our next segment. It's a new one. It's called news or noise. And I'm not going to be given any input for this one. This is all you guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to name a few news headlines coming out of week 15, our, our first round. Uh, and it's going to be relevant to those still alive in the playoffs. And I want you guys to tell me if this news will actually impact the semifinals or if it's just noise. So, like, there will be minimal impact. Um, the first one relates to Scott's team. So, while Chris Godwin's fate is sealed, given that he tore his ACL during Week 15, Joe Mixon merely sprained his ankle. So, obviously, the door is still open for him to play. Is this news or noise? I'll ask you first, Kevin. I think it's noise. I'm sorry, news. Sorry. That's I don't okay. know what the hell just happened there. <laughs> You're good. Um, news. I, I mean, Joe Mixon was my X factor, so I'd be kind of going against myself if I said it was noise. So I think it's news. I mean, those are two pretty, pretty big hits to his team, which kind of leaves the door open a little bit for me. Um, so, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, and I was focusing, obvious, obviously, Chris Godwin being out for the season is news. Focusing more on like the Joe Mixon piece, which I mm-hmm. think you've already reiterated throughout the episode mm-hmm. so far, Kevin. So you'd still stick to news. But how about you, Eddie? Is is the Joe Mixon portion of this news, is it news or noise to you? I think it's noise. I, I don't think it'll really have any impact. I think he's listed as uh, healthy. I'm pretty sure he's practiced. He fully practiced um, today. I, I don't expect any limitations for him this upcoming week. So I think it's just noise. I think he's going to play, and I think he'll be fine. Okay. Let's move on to... Our two seed, and I kind of went in order of our four teams remaining in terms of their seeding. So the second piece of news relates to my team. It is TJ Hawkinson had season-ending hand surgery, and 
In his place, I have recruited Gerald Everett to step up. Is this news or noise? Obviously, TJ Hawkinson has been good all year, uh, but do you think that the gap, I guess, between him and Gerald Everett, is that going to be news or noise for my team? Eddie, I'll ask you first. I'm going to go with news. Um, Obviously, Gerald Everett and TJ Hawkinson are kind of in a different – kind of in a different stature in terms of tight ends within the NFL. I think everyone kind of knows there's kind of three tiers to tight ends. There's like the top three and there's that middle ground of like four to like 10, 11. And then there's literally like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think Everett is good enough to propel past kind of a Hawkinson type of production. Um, and it's really, it's a minimal points. It's really nothing crazy. It's usually anywhere from four or five points, but I think Hawkinson's ceiling is much higher than than ever at ceiling. So sure. Kev, what about you? News or noise on this? I'll have to go noise. I don't think it's really going to impact your matchup with Nick, given that you have the number one running back, number one wide receiver. You know, James Robinson as well could go off too for your team. Just think that losing him isn't going to be that impactful to the result because you know you're going to be our league champion, like I said. <laughs> I hope so. Honestly, losing TJ Hawkinson and Urban Meyer getting fired basically offset each other because now James Robinson gets to be unleashed again. Right. Uh, I agree with your point, Eddie. I know I said I wouldn't weigh in, but I'm going to weigh in since it's my team. I agree the ceiling is is totally night and day between TJ Hawkinson and Gerald Everett, but how it's actually played out on a consistent basis is usually Everett will score and I'm not even looking at their their points per game average, but just kind of going on anecdotal. They score probably four to five points difference, which I think that's the exact number that you called out. Of course, that's definitely a difference, but in one matchup, I feel like I almost lean that this is more noise. For as big as it seems, like it's actually, I feel like it won't be that bad. Hopefully, I'm not anti-poodling myself and I end up getting zero from every. You lose week, by so. you, you lose yeah. by four points. That would end up. <laughs> if I got zero from Everett, I would I would cry because I picked up like four <laughs> tight ends this week to try to see who would be the best to to replace TJ. But next one is from Nick's team. JD McKissick was placed on IR before his team's Week 15 game against the Eagles, which ended his season. Obviously, I am gearing this headline toward Nick's other running back, Antonio Gibson. Is this news or noise, Kevin? I have to go with some news here. I think that it's just going to increase the volume of Antonio Gibson, which helps Nick tremendously. I mean, he's going to need all the help he can get against your team. You are – you're trying to get me to lose. I don't like what you're doing here. I thought you were actually picking me to win and rooting for me, but now I can see very clearly that you're trying to put all the bad juju out there for me. I don't like this. Uh, Eddie, is this stir- new- I'm just trying to stir the pot. Remember I said in the beginning, like, you're going to have people's skin. Stir the know? pot in Nick. You you said he was the easy target. <laughs> I see him all the time. I got to diss it out to other people in the league. <laughs> as long as you promise to spread some of that bad juju to his team when you when you see him next. Hopefully Plus, it's before uh, the end of this week. So you can I'm tell him, like, ups. oh, you, you got it. You got it in the bag versus Nate. I'm slightly upset. I didn't get invited to the holiday party last week or two weeks ago at the uh, Hampton Banquet Hall. You could have come. I never got an invitation. That's not, not my responsibility. That's Nick. Oh, he, gosh. He said, he said he was dealing with uh, wrestling-related stuff all day. And we, that ended, a headache. we ended practice early. We ended practice early just to go to that. Oh, I was like, man. I'm not going to invite myself. So I'm going to have to lay into Nick. To you, that was, Nick. That was his, yeah, that was his priority, or his problem, <laughs> I should say. Uh, Eddie, we asked you if it was news or noise, right? No, uh, no I haven't answered yet, no. Sorry, okay, go ahead. so is it news or noise? News, news, news. Uh, But I'm actually going to go with news on two ends here. One, J.D. McKissick's out. Yeah, obviously Gibson's role will be increased, but Mm. Gibson is also dealing with an ankle injury and he didn't practice today. So while J.D. McKissick being out might be good for Gibson, it might not be good for him this week. So that's kind of where I'm leaning with that one. So it's almost noise because the lingering injuries might, yeah, might, off, exactly. might offset yeah, the positive yeah. benefit. Yeah, okay, yeah. I like that angle. The last one is related to Kevin's team, of course. Tyreek Hill, uh, who tested positive for COVID, and Kendrick Bourne, who would be one of his potential replacements for Tyreek Hill should he not play this week. They've both been placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. So 
obviously, if Tyreek Hill misses the game, this is news. No question about that. But we saw how many? Three games this past week postponed to later in the week so that the teams could actually play, right? It was was at least two. Mm -hmm. I think it was three. My thought is the Kansas City Chiefs of all teams are basically the NFL's cash cow. So if if they need to push back a game so that they're not missing Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, especially those two, but I think they have up to eight players right now on the reserve list, I think that the NFL, without question, would push their game back. So posing all of that context, do you think that this will end up being news or noise? I guess that's me asking you if you think that Tyreek Hill is actually going to miss the game. I'll ask you first, Eddie. I think it's just going to be noise. Um, Like you said, I think the NFL is going to try to do anything and everything possible to make this game happen, whether they play it on Wednesday afternoon or night, uh, whether they have to push it off that far. I I just think it's going to end up happening, so I just think it's noise. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I I agree with that too. I mean, they pushed back all the other games last week. I don't see why they wouldn't do the same for this game coming up. It's a big game for both teams, so – wouldn't see why they wouldn't push it back. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement. Um, I do have Kelsey in another league where I'm still alive, and I know I should be worried because he's on the reserve list right now, but I, I have a pretty good feeling that they're going to push the game back. Like I just can't see the NFL right. forcing the Chiefs to run out there without two of their biggest stars. So that was news and noise, and, and obviously right before that, your playoffs, superlatives, semifinals edition. Eddie, I'm going to kick it over to you for the Around the League portion of the podcast. Give us the fantasy over-unders for week 16. All right. So this week, coming off at the top, we have a guy that literally has been dropping 20, 30 bombs all year long. Um, Consensus number one wide receiver, number two asset in fantasy football just in general. We have Cooper Cup versus the Minnesota Vikings. I have him at a a crazy over-under of 27. Any other wide receiver for really any other player in the league, that line right there would kind of be stupid. But considering how he's produced and how much he's gotten the ball, it's very clear and a possibility for him to, to hit that line. So what do you guys have? Sorry, did you say number two overall asset? Yes. He is number one in fantasy football by at least four points. Yeah. JT's number two. But Cooper Cup has been uh, rushing everyone yeah. all year. Yeah. Damn. One um, one. I am really jinxing myself here. But I am, without hesitation, taking the over on this, 27 points. He's going up again. Not only has he been, has he been on a roll, obviously, he's the number one player in fantasy, but he's going up against the worst pass defense against wide mm-hmm. receivers in the NFL this week. I think Cooper Cup is going to feast and could be a big reason uh, that I potentially am able to beat Nick this week. Kev, what do you think? Definitely going over. Everything you said, can't agree yeah. anymore. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it was my same point. I mean, Minnesota, their defense isn't fantastic. Cooper Cup's a stud. Got to hammer the over. Yeah, I respect it. I'm also going to take the over here. Um, it, while it's a crazy line, it, obviously he's shown week in and week out that he can kind of hit that mark pretty easily, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the over on this one for sure. All right. his, uh, his, sorry, just to no, you're good. add one more piece of context to the conversation. His average points per game is 26.4. So that's taking the average against all defenses that he's played. Now he's going up against the worst defense in the league. So I would expect him to perform above average, right? Yep. I'm hoping. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Next, we have the number one tight end uh, as of right now in fantasy football and Mark Andrews. Versus Cincinnati Bengals. I'm putting his line at 16. Uh, over the last two weeks, he's actually done really well. Huntley seems to love Mark Andrews. So we'll see if Huntley plays this upcoming week or not uh, with the whole Lamar Jackson situation. Uh, but I'm, I'm keeping his line steady at 16, regardless who his quarterback is. I think both Lamar and Huntley love him equally. So I think uh, that's a pretty comfortable line for me to set it at. What do you guys have? Go ahead, Cap. I'm going to say under on this one, uh, partially because I'm playing up against him and I want him to go into that. But I just think it's a divisional game in Cincinnati. And just being in the AFC North, those are always tough games. And just kind of banking on it to be uh, relatively low scoring, especially if 
Lamar Jackson's out, even though Huntley's been playing super well. I just think that with those combinations of variables and factors in there, I just think it's going to go under that. To Kevin's disdain, I think Mark Andrews is going to be able to hit 16. I think he's going to go over. Uh, who would have thought at the beginning of the season, Mark Andrews heading into the semifinals of the playoffs would be the number one tight end in fantasy football without a Travis Kelsey injury. I would have never, yeah. never, never, ever guessed that. So I, I feel like at this point, I got to stop doubting him. Like I've always thought that his really big boom games have kind of kept him up there with the top two. But at this point, he's doing it consistently, so I got to mm-hmm. take the over. Yeah. All right. And then I'm also taking the over on this one. I think he's going to hit it. Regardless of who plays, I think he's going to hit it. I think if Huntley plays, he's probably hitting over 22, 23, uh, just because Huntley has targeted him, I believe, like 11 or 12 times in the past two games when he's come in. So, but yeah. Uh, next, we have Miles Sanders versus the New York Football Giants. Have an over under of 18 for him. Uh, his last two games, he has gotten the ball at, in terms of just rushing 24 and 18 times. He's had a few receptions on both of those games. He's had about 120 to 131 yards. I think he's just missing that touchdown. Um, so I think the line at 18 is what I have it at. He scored 17 and 16 without having a touchdown. So I have it at 18. What do you guys think? Uh, in the interest of not taking triple overs, since you said earlier in the season that once I pick one or two, I start to get on a roll and I'll pick the same thing yes, for all did. three. <laughs> I'm going to pick the under for Miles Sanders, even though I do expect him to get a lot of volume. 18 is still relatively high. Like if he gets over that, that's a really yeah. good game for Miles Sanders, even with the volume. So I'll just say, even if it's wishful thinking that I'm going to pick the under here for Miles Sanders at 18. What do you got, Kev? I'm, I'm going to go over. Uh, I liked your point there where you said he's pretty much just missing a touchdown, Eddie. And I think, you know, they're playing the Giants. Giants aren't a fantastic football team. No offense, Eddie. I know you're a Giants fan. But no, just the reality, uh, I think they played them, what, like two or three weeks ago. And he didn't do fantastic, but he yeah. wasn't in the volume. Now the volume's back up. So taking yeah. the over 18. I agree. And it's actually kind of crazy. He actually hasn't dropped anything over 17.3 points this year. 17.3 is his highest this year. But I do, again, with volume alone, I expect it to go up. And I'm actually going to take the over here. I think just in terms of volume and what he's going to get, I think it's just a matter of time before he gets one of those touchdowns. So So you guys are taking the triple overs here, not me. I just wanted to know that. Oh, you took the under on Andrews. So, Eddie, you are the one. Taking the triple overs here. Just wanted to make note of that. Yes. That's what I'm <laughs> taking here. So, but yeah. All right. Pass it back over to you, Nate. Yep. Let's wrap up the episode with pretty quick hitting semifinals predictions here. So, week 16, we got Scott versus Kevin and me versus Nick. Who do you guys have in the matchup between Scott and Kevin? Eddie, and actually, Kevin, we're going to save you for last for this since this is your matchup. Eddie, who do you have? I'm going to take Kevin. I'm going to roll with them. I picked them them earlier to win it all, so I got to roll with them. Eddie's a rider. I am going to (laughs) say... I'm going to say that the Chiefs game is postponed to the point that Kelsey and Hill can play, and Kevin does pull off the upset. I'm picking Kevin to win this one. Kev, who do you got in your matchup? Are you going to poodle it? I mean, this is like asking Bill Cower if the Steelers are going (laughs) to win this weekend. Like, come on, I'm going to win. Obviously, I'm picking myself. Let's go. And I'm, me out. and I'm not even, I don't even care who wins your matchup, really. <laughs> no. He said, I'm throttling any of you. That's funny. <laughs> I'll save my pick for my own matchup for last, just like we did with Kevin. So, who do you guys got between me and Nick this week? Kev, we'll ask you first. You obviously know. I'm even gassing you up off the podcast, <laughs> dog. I'm taking Nate. Let's go, baby. Throttle, I'll throttle anybody. Eddie, who do you got? I'm going to go with the, the, with the greatest manager in BPW history. I'm going to go with Nate. You guys are really putting some bad juju out. <laughs> I don't like this. I'm picking Nick to win this matchup. I need to balance we the know, scales out a little bit. I mean, I've been saying it all episode. But... We're obviously trying to throw a little bit of shade. Uh, if, in a serious note, though, I think it's going to be really close. Um, and I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. Uh, but I do still expect you to kind of come out on top. It'll be close, but 
I Nick and I have now played each other in the playoffs each of the last three years. Last This year we played in the semifinals. Last year we played in the semifinals. The year before that we played in the championship. And we are, I, I can't remember what happened the first year, if we actually played each other or not. But over the last two years, we're one and one. Nick beat me in the championship two years ago. I beat him in the semifinals last year. So this would be the tiebreaker, at least for a three-year span. And if I do say so myself, this should be the most exciting matchup between the two of us over those last three years. I think we're very evenly matched, so I'm excited for it. Yeah. But, Kev, thanks for coming on, man. If you're alive next week, uh, we will potentially have you back on. I don't know if it'll be next week or maybe the week after, but I think I, I shared some insight before we started recording. Maybe we'll do an interview style with the two guys that are in the championship. That'll be fun. Uh, do hope to hear from you again. Good luck this week's matchup. If if you don't happen to win, we would love to have you back on next season. Uh, yes. You did great. We had a great time. Anything to share with the league? No, appreciate you guys having me on and uh, hope to hear from you next week or so or whatever you plan on doing those interviews because that means i'm still in the championship and if yeah. not would love to come back on next year so looking forward to it guys yeah you did a great job year one as a manager Thanks. so sure Eddie, i will uh pass it over to you to take us out yeah well thank you everyone really appreciate you all for listening this week again we'll be back uh next week or something like that uh for you guys kind of reviewing this past week and talking about the championship. So good luck to everyone uh, in the semifinals this week. I think it'll be really fun on both ends. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Mm.